Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. In issues of racism, there are going to be some who will say, why don't you stick to preaching gospel? The social, political, and economic concerns have increasingly encroached upon the minds of those who should know better. The real transformative work in a nation is the transformative work of the gospel. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. So what's on your mind? It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Whatever is on your mind, please download it by sending it to idea at wretched.org. And if you have questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, you can text them uh, to 877-282-2337. Standard text messaging rates apply. No, no. <laughs> What? Were you going for the big voice announcer guy? No, I just need a drink of water. I see. 877-282-2337. All right. This is from William, and this is an interesting question. Um, I'm wondering, Todd, about the depth of financial transparency a church should provide to its members, specifically regarding staff salaries. Some churches show only the total sum of all staff salaries in their budget, yeah. while others list each staff member's sal- salary individually. I've seen both approaches in different churches. Full transparency, though, seems ideal. Yeah, he's exactly right. There is a broad breadth of understanding and application of transparency. How much do you need to know about where your money goes, specifically regarding salaries? And this is is an issue where good churches have different takes on it. Please note, there are some churches— who will disclose everything. A pastor will preach from the pulpit how much money he makes every year. That is transparent. You got other good churches who are like, um, we'll be transparent with a lot, but not with that. What should it be? The answer is, uh uh-huh. I think it's up to each individual church. They've got different reasons. They've got different philosophies about it. And I think that different churches that are good can arrive at different conclusions. But that doesn't quite resolve the, hey, I want to make sure that my church is spending money rightly. That, I think, is is behind the question because we all want that, don't we? Might I offer this as a possible way of viewing the accounting and the finance department at your church, including salaries of pastors or anybody else who is on staff? Don't look at their QuickBooks. Look at the church. Are they biblical? Are are the leaders godly? Is the word being exposited? Is communion being administered? Is discipline being applied? Is, Is this a place where you know God is at work? Then I would suggest to you, you probably don't need to know. You just don't. There's something about salaries that I I, I, I I do on the one hand, I see it. It's like, well, a pastor shouldn't care, just tell it. But on the other hand, it's like, well, that seems to be like kind of intimate information. So I, I, I wouldn't judge my church on their degree of transparency as much as judging the church based on the church itself. 
And if I've concluded this is a church aimed in the right direction, I think you can give cheerfully and freely without knowing how every single dime is spent. Jimmy, you got an opinion on this? I've got lots of opinions on this. <laughs> I uh, I think there is a big difference in transparency and privacy. I think a church can be transparent with its with its membership uh, and not disclose private financial information. You know what we just learned here, Jimmy? What's that? I'm not a prophet because I wouldn't have guessed that was your take. <laughs> really? Yeah, I would have, I would have thought you'd be like full disclosure. A pastor, and I understand, I truly do, but I also agree with what you're saying. And typically when something like that happens, what are you dealing with? Adiaphora. Hmm. You're dealing with a gray area. Different churches can do it differently. Yeah. And and again, I think looking at the elders and the faithfulness of the church will help you to overlook a lot of what you potentially perceive to be financial sins. They're making decisions and thinking through things at a level that the rest of us aren't. Why? Well, that's what they're called to. They spend more time thinking about spending than you and I do. So if I walk through the lobby and I go, well, that couch is kind of expensive, I stop myself and go, wait a second, hold on, these guys are godly. I, I know how they live. I know what they drive. I, 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 I know how they preach. There must be a reason for this that I don't understand. There, there usually is, frankly. There, there are a lot of, not just churches, but parachurch ministries. Uh, they can, I think that they can justify some spending that some of us wouldn't. Because there's an economy of scale, the zip code, what their ministry is about, budgets, all of those things. Uh, there's going to be some variety here. And I don't know that you're ever going to be satisfied with anybody's accounting. I just don't know that you, no, I can tell you, everybody ain't going to be happy about every single church's financial statement. They're just, there's going to be discrepancies. To overlook that, and to give joyfully, look at the church, look at the ministry. How are they doing? What is their impact? Are they feeding me and my family? Then you can, I think you can give pretty joyfully. Now you start to see something and it's like, wait, um, I'm just curious. Um, parking lot has a Lamborghini. Who owns that? And if you discover it's the pastor, okay, fair enough. And then he's wearing a ring that that makes Elvis blush. Like, oh man, that's a little gaudy there, pastor. Then maybe you got some reasons to then respectfully approach the elders, but not on everything. And remember, you're not giving to your church when you give to your church. You're giving to the Lord. If If they're making mistakes, whether intentional or otherwise, it's not, it's, that is, that's not on you and your giving. You want to be a good steward. Be smart. We, we, our ministry, we're at the uh, Evangelical Council of Financial Accountability, whatever. BCFA. That's the one right there. You can check us. We're, that's fine with us. Um, but overall, take a look at what the, what the church, what the ministry is accomplishing. And if you think that there's big problems, you have every right, you do have every right to respectfully approach those in authority and ask what's going on, not demanding, I got to see QuickBooks, open it up, give me the password. 
I'm concerned, Pastor. I'm seeing some things help me understand because I'm sure there's a good explanation for this. You got anything else, Jimmy? No, I mean, I think if if we're uh, if it's a good church, that's the qualification, I think, is if it's a good church, everything is right and biblical and you have no issues then just submit to the to the elders that you'll be happier yeah, too. You yeah. you really trust will. them. Just just trust them. And I've got to do another shout out. I I think I mentioned this yesterday. Sixty percent of people are living paycheck to paycheck right now. Churches giving is down. Parachurch ministry giving is down. Uh, people people are struggling a lot. And I would again say, if you happen to be in that demographic. You should not be under compulsion to give what you don't have. Take care of your family. Work hard. Let's pray. We get some politicians who make better economic decisions and, 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 and give when you have something to give. Because if you give what you don't have and you go into debt, um, that's closer to sin than not giving. And if you happen to be in the 40%, just an encouragement, um, you, you could really bless your local church. You could really bless parachurch ministries by maybe consider, could you do more? Could you, there's a deficiency there, a, a bunch of Christians, they, they still need to be fed. They still need to be in church. They still need to listen to sermons online. Whatever it is, uh, uh, if you can, maybe an encouragement to step up at this time. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this next question comes from Mitchell. Todd, I have been experiencing fear and distrust in myself when confessing my sin. I struggle to believe that I'm truly repentant. Mm. This fear leads to obsessive thoughts and repetitive scripture quoting. How could I find assurance of forgiveness? Actually, I would tell you to do what you're concerned you're doing, and that is the repetitive scripture quoting. That's your greatest tool, the sword, the word of God. If you are in Christ, here's the truth. You're not guilty anymore. That is the truth. You've repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ. You say, I haven't repented enough. The fact that you're concerned about it indicates you've repented because your repentance needs repenting. Nobody repents enough. Nobody believes enough. It's mustard seed. You've turned from your sins. You put your trust in Jesus Christ. You have God's word on it. You are in his kingdom. You're not guilty anymore. So memorize the Bible verses that remind you of that truth. And when the lie, the accusation, maybe you didn't do enough. Maybe you haven't repented enough. Your repentance doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. He grants you repentance. It is a gift of God. It is not a work, but it's never going to be the type of repentance that you think earns you salvation. That's that's the fallacy in the thinking. That Jesus would forgive me if I repent more. I need to, I need to shed more salty tears. How many? How many? Oh, you don't have a Bible verse for it because it's not in Scripture. Turn from your sins. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Trust his word. And when the accuser says, you're still guilty, shame on you. You quote the Bible verses until truth defeats the lie. Because if you are in Christ, you are not guilty anymore. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. Your ears, your attention, your time mean the world to us. But have you ever considered becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Now, I'm not talking about subscribing to a magazine or anything like that, but I'm talking about a subscription to a mission, a shared goal to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission and our goal here at Gospel Partners Media has never changed since day one. We exist to preach the gospel, to equip others to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And your partnerships more than just keeping the lights on around here. It's about taking the light, the light, and shining it into a dark world. We need your help to do that. Wretched.org slash donate is where you can find answers to any question you may ever possibly have on what it looks like to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Again, that's wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and I said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Important dates in Christian history. 1906. The Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California, launches Pentecostalism and paves the way for the development of the modern charismatic movement. Pentecostalism is marked by a focus on supernatural gifts such as healing and speaking in tongues. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. There are two reasons we're going to play a song. This is Wretched Radio. Normally, blah, blah, blah. All we do is talk. On occasion, we'll play music because of the need. And perhaps you have the need of knowing you're not guilty anymore. You're in Christ. But somehow the thought repeats in your brain. You're guilty. You're dirty. You're shameful. You perhaps need to hear this song. Doesn't matter what you've done It doesn't matter where you're coming from 
You are not guilty anymore. When you have doubts, when you feel guilt, that is a lie. In Christ, you are not guilty anymore. Perhaps like the fellow who sent in an email to ideatwretched.org expressing, I just, I keep feeling guilty. Well, that feeling is a lie. The truth is, in Christ, you're not guilty anymore. And I suspect out of the tens and tens of people listening to this here wretched radio program, there are more than a few who need to be reminded you're not guilty anymore. Jimmy, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. Second reason that I wanted to play that song. Just being transparent. Carmel Corn. Carmel Corn. Perry Atkinson from the Dove Network was in town yesterday, literally stops in for about 60 seconds, that rascal, all the way in from the Pacific Northwest. And he gave us a a thing of popcorn covered in caramel, mm. another popcorn covered in chocolate. Stuck in your teeth. I was eating some during the song. <laughs> Please send whatever you want to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Ephraim. Interesting name. He says, Todd, does God withhold blessings due to sin? I'm struggling with the fact that I desire a wife and children, but haven't received these blessings despite seeing others with the same sins who have. The general answer is, sure, of course he could, because he loves us and he wants to perhaps even prepare us. He definitely wants to grow us in godliness. So as a as, as a principle, I would say, of course, God could withhold blessings because of sin specifically, is that why you don't have the desires of your heart? The answer is, I don't know. 
you would do well to personally and potentially with counsel, in other words, a godly person in your church, do some examination. This, this, you, you, you desire a good thing. It's not wrong to want a spouse. That is a right thing. And, but, and you feel frustrated. Could it be? Possibly. You got to sort it. I can't. Is it being withheld because God loves you and wants you to jettison something that you're doing so that you can be more like Jesus, so that you could be a better spouse, so that you could be a better father, so that you don't experience the hardships of being a first-class knucklehead like I was when I first got married? Totally oblivious. There could be all of those things. So do some searching. Ask the Lord to help you to know. Don't ask him to whisper into your ear. Ask him for wisdom. Lord, if there's sin in my life, if there's something about my character that is is keeping you from providing this request that I've made so many times, Lord, I want to know. Help me to know what it is. Help me to examine myself. Give wisdom to others that they might identify it in me so that I can repent, mortify, grow in godliness. And even then, if you choose to not answer my prayer, I will love you still because I know you are good. 877-282-2337 to text stuff. (laughs) This one is from Anonymous. Todd, let's talk about ter- church leaders, um, male church leaders in specific, uh, specifically. How should they handle and address their interactions with females? I'm curious because I saw an elder from my church meeting alone with a college girl for coffee. Mm. They were talking in a semi-secluded area. The conversation was mostly the girl sharing personal issues with the elder listening in, offering basic Christian advice. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's unwise for him to meet alone with this girl half his age? Should she have directed her or should he have directed her to a female leader? Well, uh, okay, you got more there? Uh, just uh, as church leaders, they're held to higher standards. And I'd appreciate your view on whether this situation appears unwise or does it give the appearance of evil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Wisdom says, sorry, it's not just Mike Pence and Billy Graham. You got to be wise for every reason, one, one of which was mentioned. What are people going to think? What's going on there? That just looks wrong. You can have a glass door. It still just looks a little bit strange. Wisdom says don't meet alone with somebody the opposite sex. If you're going to, there better be somebody right outside of that glass door looking in. That's just wisdom, which, by the way, that's why every door in our office is made of glass. We did that intentionally. Wanted to just make sure... There's never a whiff of scandal. Everything is above. Everything can be seen. But there's another reason. I don't think that was mentioned in in that question. Um, It's a temptation. Don't think that you're above it, sir. Don't, Don't think that you couldn't also fall. Take heed. Be wise. The more the more securities you can put up, perhaps especially in this day and age, the better. There's a story that we haven't been talking about while we've been talking about it because I I don't want to identify who it is. Even though the guy's a false teacher, accusations were made by women. Now, as I'm tracking the story, the the, the elders at that particular church said, um, we think they're credible. And then... They brought in one of those groups that does investigations, 
And uh, it was it was determined there's nothing credible here. No, there's another release of one woman coming forward and say, uh, uh, we uh, stay above board. You don't, you don't want to be caught in that. You, you don't want that. And it's and it's worth the effort to make sure that you are being wise. 877-282-2337. All right. This is a question from Anonymous, too. She says uh, this is a, a lady who with a daughter who has a concern. She says, Todd, I have a concern about my daughter who's in her early 30s. She's engaged. She and her fiancé plan to travel together for three weeks in South America prior to their marriage. While they assure me that they're uh, honorable uh, in, of their honorable intentions, I'm troubled by this and their resistance to my counsel. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice you can offer for handling my discomfort, especially since I know I cannot prevent them from going? So the glass door question applies to the European trip or wherever they're going. That's not wise. If she's a believer, I would plead with her that you need to be above reproach. You you can't be doing You're putting yourself in danger. It's just foolishness. Could you bring in the elders? This is again being a member of a local church. Bring in the bring in the elders. Look, only bad things can come from that. Seriously, only ba- they're going to be sharing a train car. One of those little comp- that's just foolish. It is not wise. I would bring in elders. I would plead with them. And speaking of mother daughter stories, Jimmy, did you read that email that I sent? Mm. The, the lady who got saved, she was watching one of our YouTube videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Witness to her daughter. And guess what that resulted in? Ghosting! A rift. She was The daughter was just furious. So she prayed for her daughter. I think it was like 438 days. Just, Lord, please save my daughter. Save my daughter. You should see the pictures. Daughter got saved. Granddaughter hearing the gospel. Three generations. How kind is our God? This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, an undercover report this week revealed the dark truth that I think many of us already assumed, and that's that major pornography websites are actively pushing homosexual and transgender content right to children. Hijacking natural attractions and confusing identity with perverted sexuality for power and profit seems pretty ethical, doesn't it? And in related insanity, there's a bizarre custody battle taking place in British Columbia between two trans-identifying biological females over a toddler one-woman birth before medically transitioning. My head hurts just saying that. Even describing the surreal scenario had Canadian politicians accusing reporters of spreading misinformation because it just doesn't sound real. It sounds false. But no, they're actually stating the plain but hard-to-believe facts. Not the fact that a once man is now a woman or a once woman is now a man. Not that. That's not a fact. The fact that this actually is happening. When objective reality is accused of being false, in order to push absurdity, well, freedom's finished. It's done with. And I think that was true a long time ago. Again, my head hurts for even telling this story. Hopefully you were able to follow it. 
Now, also from the Great White North, the 50-year-old biological male, oh, here we go again, once again crushed the competition. And normally this would be, hey, good news. A 50-year-old man out there still swimming competitively and winning. Only it's not good news because this guy is pretending to be a teenage female swimming against high school girls after he quote-unquote transitioned a year ago. So what could have possibly been an inspiring tale of an aging man still out there competing is actually not an inspiring tale at all. It's mediocre male athletes enjoying their 15 minutes of fame because the only people they can compete against are teenage girls who are actively missing out on opportunities and being rewarded for their hard work. And speaking of males defeating females, there are Irish dance moms fuming after a boy who, again, identifies as a girl, so easily clinched a regional Irish dancing competition. And now with this win, he's on the way to compete against girls at the world championship level. We're not going to talk about cultural heritage being preserved. No, 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 no. Move aside reality and cultural heritage because equality, well, it seems to taste better, right? Tennessee legislators have introduced a bill that would very verify internet porn site visitors' ages in order to protect children from access. It's a novel concept, probably one with tons of loopholes that will be able to be poked and prodded and beaten, but again, right now, trying to do something is a whole lot better than continuing to give the pushers of filth free reign and access to our children. And that's been today's Wretched News Break, or Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Books of the Bible. First Timothy contains Paul's instructions to his protege for church leadership. Paul exhorts Timothy to confront and correct false teachers and to preserve sound doctrine through church structure and preaching of the word. The church has a responsibility to preserve and maintain the truth given by God in his word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Go ahead, Jimmy. This is Wretched Radio. Go ahead. What? Say what you want to say. Your shirt looks nice today. I'm sure that you wanted to say that you went to the AI machine and you Googled for the podcast ratings of the Transform (laughs) TV show and podcast with Dr. Greg Giver. I I did that the other day. And you wanted to share that information. I forgot. Well, that's why I'm here. Okay. (laughs) So what was was the reason you put into the AI machine? Right. They have the ability to determine how many people are listening, subscribing, all that jazz. Yeah, they've got a new search feature where before it didn't search the internet out. And so I thought, oh, this would be interesting because I don't know exactly where to find this information. Right. Yeah. Because the rating system for all, well, now we got one transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's so good. Where did it come in in the ratings? Because there's millions uh-huh. of podcasts around the globe. In the top 1% of all podcasts. That is crazy. Yeah. That is so amazing. That's why I'm so glad you remembered to bring this up, Jimmy. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the Transform podcast, seriously, you'll be blessed by it. Just go, whatever your machine is, Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford. And hey, as long as you're at the internet machine, preborn dot org slash wretched could you possibly support this wonderful pro-life gospel preaching ministry providing ultrasounds they provide counsel they help with adoptions it is wow a holistic ministry if you have a passion for life 
and you should, Christian. Please consider supporting Preborn, preborn.org slash wretched. All right. This is from Michelle. Todd, I attend a great confessional church. We stand for the doxology and other things, but we remain seated during the reading of God's word. This practice has kind of been bothering me. I know there's a risk of elevating confessions and creeds over the Bible, and I'm not suggesting my church is doing this, but it does raise questions for me. What's your perspective on this? Where could we get the answer to those questions to remove those suspicions? I think I know. The source would be the elders. Ask them. Just ask them. The the whole, I understand why we all have a tendency to be reticent about confronting somebody. It's because we think it's a confrontation. It doesn't have to be. Asking somebody why they're doing something doesn't need to come across snarky. I have to tell you, if there is an attribute that is common amongst the Gen Zers, It is the ability to talk to one another about differences of opinion without sounding contentious. Eh, We we need to strive to be like the Gen Zers. Just just letting that sink in just a little bit. In that regard, because we, we should be getting questions answered when we have them rather than having suspicions. If there's an issue in your church, talk to your elders. Just do it respectfully. Hey, I'm just curious. I'm so used to standing up for the reading of the word. Um, it's not a law in the Bible, but we do see a precedent of that with Ezra, the reading of the word. People stood all day while the books of Moses were being read. Uh, not a law, but I'm used to that. But we sit for it and we stand for the... Con- Help me out. That doesn't have to be a confrontation at all. Hey, pastor. So what's up with the confessions? Like what? We're all the dead guys, like inspired scripture or something. Why aren't we standing for the actual inspired? Well, then, then yes, it's going to be ugly. Be like a Gen Zer. Ask lovingly. And Jimmy, that yes. actually brings us back to you commandeering the program one more time. Okay. Which is the conversation about questioning the spending of a local church. Mm-hmm. You are talking about a church. You used to go to, mm-hmm. you walked in and you noticed the furniture was a little bit, uh, what's the word that they use? Uh, glammy or what's the word? Hoity-toity. That would do. <laughs> yeah, so it was a little bit nicer furniture than you would think should be there maybe in, in the church lobby. Okay, let me let me just stop for a second, okay? I, I, I understand totally what you just said, mm-hmm. but why would you, why, what furniture is appropriate for a church lobby? You know, well, I mean, that's that's actually a good point. Yeah, but we bring that in. I get it. Yeah. And what you might think is like, whoa, I, that's that's really expensive. Somebody else would be like, are you kidding me? That's, that's rooms to go stuff or whatever. <laughs> that's true. That's actually true. <laughs> okay. But so it, what did you learn? Well, I learned after, because I never said anything, but uh, months and months went by, maybe even a couple of years went by, and I learned that the uh, church had, prior to me going, had replaced that furniture in that very lobby about three or four times uh, because of kids and families and things like and that. it was cheap. It was cheap, right. yeah. And that's why they replaced it. So they thought, well, I'm tired of spending this money if we just bought good furniture one time, it would last. And that's what they did. An explanation. But I would offer a second option. Uh, Start doing some parenting classes about not letting your kids (laughs) climb all over the church furniture. There's another option for you right there. In other words, there's an explanation usually. Right. And 
Now, you could even disagree with it, but let your elders do their thing. Judge the church based on the totality of the church itself. And send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right, so this is another question about elders. Josh is wondering, do you think it's wise to have term limits for elders and deacons? Wise mm-hmm. or biblical? By the way, I'll be honest with you again. I did have a little caramel corn stuff, <laughs> but I liked it there. Because it was it was actually pretty good. Sometimes <laughs> you ever get something stuck in your, t- you can actually. Yep. Oh, that, that was pretty good. I remember reading that right there. Uh, some people would say, if you're an elder, you're an elder for life. I get that because it is a calling. A an elder should desire that, and if they're desiring it, and they, in other words, they have the internal call. It has been confirmed externally by people who said, yeah, you you got all of the marks. The boxes are all checked for you to be an elder. And some would say that should just be a lifetime program. Wisdom might enter in and say, it might just be smart to put term limits on it because things change. So I see both, honestly. So would I say must? No. Um, would I say should? Nah. It's up to each church. Yeah, I think it's um, I think there's wisdom in it uh, because, I mean, especially for for and I'm, I'm really careful how I use this term, but a lot of churches have staff elders and lay elders. And uh, so I can see the wisdom in the fact that after three, four five years, maybe you need to take a year off from doing that work. And- OK, just to, just to push back on that. If I were a guy who said, no, you're an elder, that's it. You serve for life. If the elder isn't performing, the elder gets wonky, he's lazy. Well, then you could talk to the elder about it, get him back on track, and on he goes. But having said that, sometimes it's kind of convenient. Well, look at the time. I guess you're no longer an elder. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is a text that came in from Anonymous. Todd, I keep getting told by everyone that my main issue is I lack confidence. I try to avoid boasting about myself, both in job searches as well as dating, but it seems to stand out as a detriment as if I'm weak or unmanly. Well, hmm. that's, a, that's, that's a broad use of terms. Um, being weak and unmanly, I don't think has much to do with not wanting to talk about yourself in positive ways. So let's just focus on how confident should we be? Well, I think we, as Christians, we should actually be very confident. I'll go a step further, and we're getting very close to some Southern Baptist alliteration. I think we should be courageous, not reckless, but we should be confident and we should be courageous. Why? If your source of confidence is self, then you're sinning. If your source of confidence is the Lord, thinking 2 Corinthians 3, you're you're my letters of commendation. Why why did Paul say that? Because to prove that he was an apostle, he didn't need to prove that he was an apostle. He, He needed to give proof that he's an apostle, and his proof was actually the people. But then he goes on to say something. Let me get my glasses here. Move it away from that caramel corn which is really good. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You 
are our epistle written on our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered to, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is of the heart. In other words, our work is valid because of the proof in you. It continues. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter. The letter kills, the spirit gives life. There's your confidence. There's your courage right there. Not in self. Find your status, your position in Christ. And then you can appropriately, as needed, talk about self for the sake of getting a job. This is Wretched Radio. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry, and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Hey, you know, we usually have a lot of fun around here, but today I've got something seriously good to share. Our year-end sale in full swing, and this is not your run-of-the-mill garden variety sale. This is the big one. First of all, we're offering up to 50% off, practically giving things away. And that's not all, because if you order over $50, we're going to ship it for free. But wait. There's more. Here's the big deal. If you spend $75 or more during the Wretched year-end sale, we're going to throw in a Wretched 40-ounce tumbler. Think Stanley, but of the Wretched variety. And this tumbler is so exclusive, you can't buy it. The only way to get your hands on it is to spend $75 or more during the Wretched year-end sale. It's our way of saying thank you for all the support. And speaking of support, if you are so inclined, every donation now through the end of the year is being matched dollar for dollar. It's the year-end extravaganza here at Wretched. It's easy, it's impactful, and hey, it's a pretty good way to avoid whatever else you were supposed to be doing at the moment. As you know, we like to talk about MediShare here because it's affordable biblical health sharing. And I actually saw an ad from MediShare announcing themselves to missionaries. How smart is that? What a blessing that might be. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's an alternative to traditional health insurance which means it's alternatively less expensive. The average family saves about $500 per month. It's Christians sharing the health burdens of other Christians. It's a beautiful thing, whether you're a missionary or not. If in that is a need you have, I encourage you, metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them 
and talk to a nice person who's going to pray for you. And they will tell you what your family can anticipate. And you can ask questions. 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Apostle of our Confession. An apostle is one who is sent. Jesus is the one sent from the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit to deliver the gospel in which all Christians confess their belief. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now, a dramatic presentation, I think. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, do you have a perhaps dramatic presentation of a Christian who finds his confidence in the Lord being able to talk about good things about himself. Uh, well, no, 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 no. That's not where I was going. I was going to go with the um, reluctance to boast in oneself. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand that. And the example that I was going to give, well, I was going to harken back to the um, to the last segment when you talked about the podcast ratings that yeah. you shared that I found. Yeah. You didn't mention that I also found the ratings for Wretched Radio. You just spent the time boasting on Greg's success. Yes. And so that's that was an example that I was going to give. You mean you're saying something nice? About I am. I actually am. Listen, <laughs> Carmel Corn, it's a very good day. You can be confident in 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 Christ. That's our confidence. That's our surety. That's our position. That's our reputation. So then when it comes to how many degrees you have, how many years you worked, what's what sort of sales quotas you met, that, that ain't bragging. You're just, this is what I did. Now, if it's like, yep, and then at the company Christmas party, I got a toaster oven because I'm salesman of the year, baby. Okay, that's boasting in self. Paul was very reticent to do that. That's 2 Corinthians. That, that, that really is kind of the key to understanding what in the world is going on with this book. Because Paul, is, you, can feel, you can feel it. It's, it really starts in 2 Corinthians 8, makes its way through 9 and 10. Okay, false teachers, they're accusing me. They're trying to undermine me. And, and, and they're stealing you from me. And it's grieving me. So, okay, I'm just going to tell you who I am, but I don't want to do this because I just, I don't want to brag in myself. And it goes on and on and on and on. I, it's good to have that sort of reticence. I, I think the second that you become very free with sharing with people all the good stuff that the Lord has done through you with, especially without mentioning the Lord, yeah, then it's probably boasting. There should be a reticence in the Christian because we don't want the spotlight on us. So always remember who's doing it in you. Yeah, you actually genuinely play a role in it. It is a synergistic endeavor, but it's God, not I, but Christ who lives in me. And then you won't struggle quite as much to talk about your resume appropriately. Thank you for that <laughs> non-dramatic, dramatic recreation right there. one 282 2337 All right, this is a text that came in from Daniel. Todd, within the past year or so, I've been learning more correct theology, and I've realized that the church that I've been attending since I was eight, I'm now 21, 
as a false church. Ooh. One of the secondary problems I have with the church is their stress on the King James Version of the Bible. They believe that if you don't have the 1611 KJV, then you don't have the Bible at all. And all other translations are satanically driven to deceive believers. Right. Do you believe this alone is reason enough to leave the church? Probably not. Not that alone. You can certainly disagree. I would disagree with my fundamentalist brothers and sisters on that regard, but I, I wouldn't, if it's a good church, are they expositing the word? Are they faithful with discipline? Do they administer the Lord's table? I, I, sufficiency to leave? No, I wouldn't say that. Now, should it become an issue? It becomes problematic and working it out? Maybe, but do you have options? That's always got to be on the table. What choice do you have? And this is where too many of us, I'm afraid, have made some perhaps sinful decisions to leave a church over an issue that doesn't warrant departing from a good church. We find a better church. Or it's our thing. They, 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 they've got what I really dig. They have a pipe organ. I'm going there. Okay, if I were in a good church and I discovered another, I'm in a good church, and they play the contemporary worship music that drives me nuts. And I find out there's a good church with a pipe organ. Would I go? No, wouldn't. Would I want to? Yes. Would I just pack it up and go? No. It's just, it doesn't rise to that level. But if it gets to the point where it's so problematic, now let's just say, and it, it could sometimes, I think pastorally for ourselves, we need to write there there can be some things that it just I I can't go to worship. This this boinkity boink music, the ding and the moody and the they do the fog machine at the drive me nuts. Then it then it might just be a healthy thing, but it should be a slow thing. Just because you have a better option, it might be just because it's an option of an issue that you really have a thing for. Maybe. You could go, but be very slow. And as a, as a rule, I would say, somebody who insists on a particular translation, that, 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 that wouldn't on the face of it be enough to abandon the church. I look at it like, I mean, obviously we know that it, your church is a family. You know, you're brought into the family of God. If you take that to your actual family, if you see a family down the street when you're a kid that has a swimming pool, you just don't abandon your family. That's a great illustration. Right. Now, there's your dramatic. Now, that's a good <laughs> illustration right there. You came through. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know what? Who was I with? I think it was Mike Fabares. He kept using the fam, like, like a bio family. Do, do you, okay, you, somebody was mean to you. Your sibling wasn't very warm when you came home. Do you leave the family? Of course, you, because you're in the family. If you're in the family of a local church, you are in that family. Anytime you start to get a wanderlust, think about the church as a family because, well, it is. 1-877-282-2337. All right, this text comes from Anonymous. Uh, Todd, if you feel like you're going to die, so you pray and tell God that you promise to change your bad behavior, and lo and behold, you slip up and once again do the very thing you promised you wouldn't. How do you approach that? What's your scriptural answer to that? Repent again. That's all. Repent again. And get back on it. And don't stay stuck. And don't say, Lord, I made you a promise. I biffed it. Therefore, promise gone. Keep your word, especially with the Lord. 
breaking a vow, lufta. That is that is that is not a wise thing to do. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Jonah. Todd, as believers in the Trinity, when we pray, how should we address the Lord properly? We say things like in Jesus' name, but aren't we praying to Jesus? Well, and also we do this by your spirit, yes, but also aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a good pattern for us to follow. That we pray to our Father through Jesus the Son by the power of the Spirit. That's the principle that can guide you. But you have every right, you have all the access to each member of the Trinity, to each person of the Trinity, you can address them. Holy Spirit, would you please grow me in long-suffering? Please, would you help me with it? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I think the biblical pattern we say, pray to the Father through Jesus the Son by the power of the Spirit. All right, this one is from Levi. Todd, what's your thoughts on James, uh, where he says that man is justified by works and not by faith? I'm struggling to reconcile this with the other teachings of the New Testament. Go read Romans 4 and then send your conclusion back. There's James, Romans 4, and then right back to idea at wretched.org and tell me what you've learned. There's your home. You didn't think that by sending an email, you would actually get homework. (laughs) Screw it. You got to compare scripture with scripture. First of all, James would be denying the totality of the entire Bible. Furthermore, James would be denying the grace that he actually touches on in the beginning of the book. Furthermore, it would be in direct contradiction to Romans chapter four. that Abraham is the linchpin in this. And you can't just read James about Abraham and conclude, whoa, he worked for it. You got to go read Romans 4, and then you interpret the unclear in light of the clear. Can't wait to hear your conclusion about grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. You're just looking for the answer to it. I just helped him cheat. That's <laughs> okay. what I just did. There's a first. I'm normally the cheater. You know, I got a, I got a phone call from Tom Buck uh-huh. the other day. It was such a treat. And I, he said, uh, hey, he's working on a book with Vody Bauckham. It has something to do with hermeneutics. And he said, I'd like to use your term principalization. And I, he said, I'll give you credit for it, but, you know, can I use it? And I'm like, well, that's super kind of you to ask, but I, I, I don't know that I cre- I may have ripped it off. <laughs> and I didn't give anybody credit. <laughs> <laughs> I just took it. So let me go check that for you. Idea at wretched.org. Uh, okay. Uh, this is uh-huh. from, from, from what, my... I think I was going to talk about Tom Buck for another minute. <laughs> I thought you would. I could. <laughs> All right. So this is from, um, from, uh, from Mike. He said, Todd, I've been constantly rejected when trying to date and it makes me sad and hurt. What's the best way to overcome these feelings and find value in Christ instead of relationships? You just, there's your prepositional phrase, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Know your position, know your reputation, know your status with God. Know that. And then the wounds and the scars, yep, they can hurt, but they won't cut as deep. And just, just an, an, another thing that this provides an opportunity for you to do with those frustrations What could you be working on? I'm not saying there's something there, but just be working on it because maybe there's something that the Lord is trying to help you grow in. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.